Lineup. Lineup. Locked. Locked. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready? And lock it in. And it is that time. It is time to lock it in. Welcome to Lineup Locked. This is Zachary, your host as always for the Creator Rank Podcast. We have a special four-man booth in today. I have Lee, I have Chris Temple, and I have Matt Reller all on the line for this four-man booth. Everybody, say what is up to the peeps. What is up, What is up? I, I, have, I have a little bit of a beef with the way you introed that. How is Lee the only one man, one name person in this whole little boss? Because he's like Prince, man. His he has his own symbol and everything. <laughs> so throw up the Lee signal. Yes, throw it up. Throw up the deuce. Big dingo in the sky. Yeah, I was about to say, are we putting a Batman thing up and just flashing the dingo? We are. Yes, yes. It's a, yeah, the dingo. What the? It's a dingo eating a baby. That is a symbol. That is a symbol. So. <laughs> So on today's episode, we're going to cover uh, wide receivers 41 through 55. This is where we're going to leave off on wide receiver. And then the next episode, we're going to close out the running backs and go super, super deep. I think all four of us agree that uh, running back is the deepest position as always. And we want our listeners to flat out just know about every running back possible as far as late round flyers and such. Uh, also in this episode, we're going to be trending in Roto. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, um, i.e., uh, still Melvin Gordon. Uh, there's some pending Zeke news as well, as well as we have uh, some Tyreek Hill news from yesterday. And also, uh, we're pumped uh, this morning here in a few hours, actually. We're going to be doing a draft with uh, one of our fans, listeners, followers actually got in as well. It's a 14-person league, and I kind of want to talk about the buildup of that league. It's it's not different per se, but it is. So before we get cracking on funny news, as you know, I always uh, scurry the interweb for that. We want to do two things. I want to let the people know where they can find you fine folks so they can see what you tweet about. So we'll start with you, Lee. Lee, would you please give these fine people that are listening your Twitter information? Yes, uh, you can follow me at Dynasty Dingo. Matt, you are up next. Where can these lovely people find you? Just my name, at Matt Reller, M-A-T-T-R-E-L-L-E-R. I'm totally going to bully you into changing your name one day. It's going to be like... Never. It's going to be like Matt Reller 4. You're going to put a number on it or something. No underscores, no bullets. And Chris? You can find me at ctemp03. All right. And uh, I am at Tecmo Zach, like the video game, Tecmo Bowl. And uh, it's T-E-C-M-O-Z-A-C-K. One of the greatest video games ever created, by the way. Absolutely. I'm like the uh, Tecmo Bo Jackson. I'm the GOAT, I think. I just (laughs) self-proclaimed myself the GOAT anyway. So this is a Creator Rank podcast. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. It's our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts, completely free for 2019. 
For more, follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. And um, I challenge you, if you are a listener of the show and you are a follower of us and you like what we're doing here, uh, help my three dudes here get their followers up. Um, they're both, uh, they're all three, I think, below 500 right now. Right, guys? That is correct. So let's let's get that going, man. Like, what, the, the, It would be awesome by the time football season's popping, I'd like to see all you guys pushing towards 1,000. So, so give these guys a follow. I'm going to post it on Apple. Um, I'll put their Twitter handles on there as well, so it'll be archived on uh, the posting. So give these guys a follow because there's going to be a lot of good stuff going on this season. I'm excited to announce I did get approval from our boss man. Uh, once the football season starts, what we are going to be doing on this show is we're going to be doing a Monday before Monday Night Football waiver episode every week. The one constant you're going to have, except for one week when I'm in Italy, the one constant you're going to have is it's going to be me hosting, and you're either going to have Chris with me, Matt with me, Lee with me, or all of us together if schedules align, and we're going to do everything we can to give you the best waiver advice for that week, so when waivers set, okay? And then uh, we're also going to have a second episode every single week. It's going to be Thursday through Saturday range, and it's going to be matchups and rankings for the week, who we think are good plays and and bad plays and such, so we can help you lock in your lineups and win your leagues. We are here for the long haul. We are here to, here to make you guys win. So we're pumped. We got that approval, and us forward is going to straight bring the fire to your earlobes. That's not where you listen from, but it sounded good all season, all season long. So earlobes, huh? So I have a, I have a, I have a, a, a admission to make, and I don't feel good about it. Before we get into funny news, so I mean, you don't know anatomy. I'm in four. I'm in four like fit fantasy leagues with uh you know uninterweb people, right? I've got my a side work league that I'm in, and my friend Bill, uh, he's an older fellow, cool dude, like him a lot. Maybe he's even gonna listen to this episode and and probably send me hate mail. But um, he, we're we're to, I go to this uh, music thing on Thursday at the Rockwall Harbor here in here in Dallas, and it's a it's a CCR cover band. Pretty cool. Water's there. It was awesome. It wasn't too hot outside, so we're jamming to some music. And he came up to me after the episode. He's like, Zach. He's like, man, I've, I've, I've been listening to the show. He's like, I really uh, want to be in one of the fantasy leagues with you. Do you have any openings? And I'm like, ah, man, I don't know. I actually just filled one of my side ESPN leagues. He's like, man, I'm all about it. He's like, and then I, I didn't correct him, and I feel like a dirty human being because he's like, Man, he's like, I'm, I'm so into it. He's like, on waiver day, I'm the first one up making moves at 3 o'clock in the morning every time. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, I, it's like it's crazy because it used to just be me. I'd wake up and make all the moves. He's like, and now I wake up. I'm like, God, these people are making moves at 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. too. And I'm like, I didn't have the heart to tell them that you can do the moves the day before and they just happen automatically. <laughs> Like he, I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know what to say. My moral compass was like, oh, I need to talk to this guy. How old is he? He's uh like fifty. That explains a lot. <laughs> but I was like, oh no, like my heart broke a little bit for the man. But then I was like, well, if he's in my league, I don't want to tell him. Oh yeah, so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm making waiver moves Monday night. So does this make me a terrible person? Yes. <laughs> Yes, it does, because you listen from your earlobes. <laughs> what do you think, Lee? That's terrible. <laughs> what do you think, Lee? Am I terrible or am I right? I think you're terrible, actually. You should reconsider. Yeah, 
I know. I, I should. I should. As the commissioner, especially, too. That's where the moral compass comes off if he gets in the league. I'm actually supposed to have a beer with him tomorrow, so I think I'm going to break it down and, and change his life by explaining the magic of waivers, and you can start doing them on Sunday when you see people breaking out if you want, and it locks it in through Wednesday morning, actually. So... <laughs> So I just thought I would. I felt really guilty about that. So I thought I, I thought I would talk about it. So I found some uh, some nuggets for us to discuss this morning. So <laughs> so I hope you guys are mentally prepared for this. And to let our listeners know, generally when I find funny news, I don't tell these guys about it beforehand. So it's like a live a live like WTF moment, or it's a live laughter. It, I try not to, to mention it. So first off, uh, I don't know if Chris was here. Chris has been away for a while, so welcome back, number one, my man. And uh, were you here when we were talking about the bathwater being sold? Were you were you with us, or was it just uh, us three? I think we talked about it on our other podcast. Okay, so so I have a bathwater update for all of you guys. Oh boy! So apparently, these fanboys that were buying the Instagram models bathwater are vaping it. Yes. So. So yes, we talked about that on Two One Sports. Yeah. So, all right, that's taking it to another level. So Lee, if you're yeah. tra- Lee, if you're trying to get creative with our Jordan Howard water bet, it's it's getting real dark, bro. So, so I, so I apologize in advance. I will gladly you're let you drink my water. Lee's <laughs> not in that Jordan Howard bet. It's me and you. Oh, that's right. Oh, even better. Wow. Oh. You listen from your earlobes and you can't remember who you're on best with. No, I can't. They're written down. They're written down on a sticky note that's in a trash can, actually. A written note. That's so, in a trash can. so the first, the first story, <laughs> the first story I have is a barefoot man wearing a Bengals jersey was caught stealing beer from a gas station, and the police are on high alert trying to find this guy. So first off. The Bengals jersey he's wearing is number thirty-two. So home dude is yeah, home dude is rocking. I thought it was Kai, I thought it was Kajana Carter at first, and I was like, wow, this guy's really, this guy's really sick. I was like uh, Corey Dillon. But yeah, you have this dude walking, rocking and rolling in a Cedric Benson jersey. He's gonna be, he's got to be the only one left, right? So it's gonna be not hard to find this guy. But it's in, it's in Florence, Kentucky, which is even more weird. So like he's wearing a Cincinnati. That's right across the river from Cincinnati. Yeah, I, so yeah. there you go. I don't know. In I'm looking at pictures of this dude, and uh-huh. he's also got a porn stash. Oh boy! So it's a guy I mean, walking he's around living the life. <laughs> <laughs> he's barefoot. He's rocking a porn stash, wearing a Cedric Benson jersey. Like, like how do you not get caught? Like that's the, like the, like come on, man. So that so he disguised that, himself. Yeah, and then you guys know I can't stay away from Florida, so I, we're back. We stayed we stayed away from Florida for a few episodes, and oh. I found the Florida man story of all Florida man stories. Are you oh, ready? God. Are you guys ready for the headline here? First off, this <laughs> look you guys can't see it online unless you Google it. But Chris, look at the picture of the guy. It looks like a woman with a beard. Yeah, he looks like Jesus. Like I'm not even joking. But father, <laughs> father of the year, arrested for being awesome. That's in quotation marks. After he threw his five year old in the ocean. <laughs> well, he's just teaching him how to swim, right? 
So are you guys mentally ready for <laughs> ready for? I'm reading the article to you now. So All right, let's go. a 30-year-old Florida man is accused of throwing his 5-year-old son into the ocean to teach him how to swim before abandoning him because he wanted to do a backflip off a pier. Heavy into the head. <laughs> I totally called it. Oh yeah, I cannot imagine throwing my five-year-old into the ocean. It's funny. We were just at Virginia Beach, so we were on the ocean. I didn't once throw her in. <laughs> oh my gosh! So this is the quote: <laughs> Daytona Beach police arrested Bloodsworth. That's his name. By the when, way, when was this? This was like last week. I was in Daytona Beach last week. I didn't see that. It might have been you. He reportedly told them he was teaching his boy to swim, and it's not fair that you're ar- you're uh, arresting me for being awesome. <laughs> so this dude literally, like, y- you know, they talk about how <laughs> yeah, he threw off the pier, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Like, what did he just? No, for- he was going to do the backflip off the pier. He threw the kid into the ocean and it was like, I'm going to go do a backflip. <laughs> yeah. My question is, how far away is this pier? I didn't know you're abandoning your kid. Well, the problem with the piers out there is that they got the rip ties that run through them and then they got the barnacles that are stuck to them. So yeah. if, if you get washed in there, Fair you're point. pretty much dead. I'm it's, pretty sure what had happened is that his son was close to it, but I think he threw his son in and then like saw some girl. This, this guy, if you Google this story, looks like the kind of guy that's probably a single father. I'm just going to throw it out there. Like, it's his weekend with his son, and um, I'm pretty sure that he probably saw some girls and was like, oh, hey, check this out, and flipped his hair because he has long, flowing hair, Fl- did a little hair flip, watch this. So, yeah, of course he does. Yes, yeah, so he's 37, so he's my age, so I, it makes oh, sense. Man. Midlife crisis? And last but not least, the key to becoming a great criminal is being able to hold in your farts. Uh, there's a, there's a story about from Clay County Sheriff's Office. Liberty Police were searching for a person who had a felony warrant from arrest. This guy was hiding from the police for possession of a controlled substance, but he let out the loudest fart that the police had ever heard. So they found where he was hiding. So, yeah. So, wow. So, I guess the, the key to being a good criminal is clean eating, folks. Or maybe not too clean of eating. But uh, don't don't get the $5 big box before you uh, decide to hide from the cops, I guess. Well, he didn't know he had to hide them. from the cops. The man was hungry. He's, you know, he's, you know, controlled substance. He might have been smoking a little, you know. I, I don't get it. Well, like, all right, man. Remember, sleepy, happy, hungry. Party. <laughs> sleepy, happy, hungry, party. I guess. Yeah, so there's the, there's your funny news. So before we transition into Roto and we talk about the uh, the trending news going on in the NFL right now, we have two teams that are actually in camp. It's Atlanta and Denver. They're doing the Hall of Fame game, right, boys? Yes, sir. So, and then everybody else is, what, this week? Cowboys, Tuesday? Tuesday, Cowboys Wednesday, Thursday? Out, Cowboys fly out the 24th and have media day the 25th, and then they start practice the Saturday the 26th. So by next Friday, everybody's rocking. Yes. Okay, cool. So we're going to have quite a bit. So trending in Roto is going to be real saucy starting next weekend on our next episode for sure. So, so we have a fantasy league, uh, as I talked about at the beginning of the episode, going on right now. And this is, this is probably the deepest league I've ever been in. I don't know about you guys, but 
I wanted to talk about it real quick because I want our listeners to kind of follow along and it's an eight hour slow draft. So it's going to take about a weekish, 10 days probably to do the whole draft, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, I don't get that. Depending on how long people take it. I like the slow draft because it gives you time to, we'll get the, because so we'll, some of the things will happen in training camp, some of the noise. I, I dig the aspects of that. And uh, we can, it's going to let us be able to talk about our picks and all that. So I have first pick in this draft, first off. And uh, I'm going to announce it live on this episode, who I'm taking. I'm taking Saquon Barkley, number one. It's happening. Ah! Doing it. <laughs> taking it. Uh, do you guys agree with that? Disagree? Lee, we'll start with you. Am I am I crazy? I have first pick. It's PPR. I'm taking Saquon Barkley. Is that the move you would take, Lee? Yeah, even as an Eagles fan, it's Saquon 101 no matter what. Yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I'm taking him over Zeke, and I, I feel good about it. For uh, for reasonings, uh, one of the big reasons why is I think the Giants are going to be a worse team. So PPR for a running back, I think, is like Saquon Barkley is a candidate for like eighty catches. Would you, right? Like uh, well, he, well, Zeke had seventy seven last year and he led the league in rushing too. So I'm just saying. Yeah, but the, also yeah, no. I think that the Cowboys are going to be a, a good team, but I also the Cowboys also drafted two running backs, and I think that. If they are going to commit to him, like the Zeke holdout thing is looming, I don't think it's going to happen. But I am a firm believer that if the Cowboys do commit, so if they go full girly and say, I'm giving this guy four or five years, I think that Zeke, not that Zeke's workload will be lessened to a point of not being usable. I think instead of being a 90% bell cow, he's a 75 or 80%, and you're going to have a little bit more plays with the other guys. So I, I'm going to take his I'm going to take his receptions down a bit. I think Pollard might eat into about ten of his ten or fifteen of his receptions. I think. And once again, the one the one problem I have as a Cowboys fan is this new offense they're breaking out. I haven't seen it. Like I I know what they're talking about doing, but I haven't seen it yet to know how exactly they're going to use Pollard and Zeke and 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 what's going to go there. Chris, you wanted to chime in. Lee, Lee, plug your ears. I don't want you to hear what I'm about to say. Dallas is going to run the exact same offense they ran the last 20 years, just out of different formations. What was that? I didn't hear it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm taking Barkley, and I feel good about it. I think uh, PPR-wise, it's the play. I've been saying it for a couple months now that he is my number one, and uh, it is. I do think that Zeke and him are one and two, and I wouldn't hate you if, uh, you're, in a, if you're in a draft and you're a listener. If you go Zeke, it's... Certainly not something you should be ashamed of and feel bad about. But Matt, you have second pick. Are you prepared uh, to announce? Are you prepared to announce who you're going to take with the second pick in this draft? I am. If you stick to your Saquon Barkley, that leaves my RB one on the board. So I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey right behind you. Nice. All right. It is PPR. That's a homer pick. He's not even from Carolina. How's that a homer okay. pick? You don't know where he's from. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin, boy. Um, yeah, no, I think I have 30 years of North Turner offense to thank for me taking Christian McCaffrey. I yeah. know how he's going to use him, and it's going to be a lot until the wheels fall off. So, I'm rocking him. Hey, just Aaron think, Sanders, what's up? Just think Dallas is still running the North Turner offense. And I, and I think whoever is third will have no problem going Zeke at all. Uh, or they nope. shouldn't, anyway. They absolutely should do that. Probably, so we'll see. We'll see how it pans out, but we will uh, we will update everybody. We're also going to be pretty active on Twitter, and we're going to tweet out our picks with uh, funny gifts if yeah. uh, if we can find them for that player. Lee, where are you picking? 
I'm at 12, actually. Yeah, so I got the, the turn. Or no, I don't have the turn. It's 14, man, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, for, yeah. for our listeners, before Chris and Lee talk about who they hope falls, it's a 14-person league, number one. It is, you start a quarterback, which it's four-point touchdowns, so quarterbacks aren't as valuable as normal, but or they are maybe because it's only four-point touchdowns, whichever way you want to spin that. Two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, and then four flexes. No kickers, no defense, and then you've got your bench. So it's PPR. You get a bonus for first downs. You get a bonus for 40-yard uh, uh, plays as well. Did I miss any of the other bonuses, gentlemen? Yeah, there's a tiered PPR, so you get like a half point for 20 yards, I think, another full point for 30, and then like a point and a half for anything over 40. And with being 14, wow, with being 14 teams, it's going to be, you're going to have some really interesting names in your your starting lineup. Like for real, like some of these wide receivers we're going to break down on this episode will probably be... Uh, starting, oh yeah, yeah absolutely you know, for a lineup like that. So especially when you got four flexes, I'm intrigued because it's really like you're not even going by talent. You're going by like I would almost pick a cardinal, just throw a dart at one of them, hoping they get enough snaps to get receptions. <laughs> you know, right, like late. You know, like so uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So I'm excited. So Chris, you have tenth pick. Yeah. And I know you're not happy about that, and all of us are on the. I think all three of us think that it's a great spot. Because you're going to get a good player, and then you only have to wait like eight more picks to pick again. Who were you if 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 it landed perfectly? What's like one or two guys you would like at the tenth spot in this draft? Well, I, I did a I did a mock draft this morning uh-huh. based off of being on the tenth spot, and I was able to land Michael Thomas. Okay. And then it came back around, and I was able to get Juju. I, I think that's a fine. That would be a fine. Fine yeah. start, man. I mean, I mean, but you know, honestly, I, I didn't even think about Tyreek Hill. Right, being available. So, you know, Lee is—is is that somebody you would think about taking at twelve if he was available? I think I'd lean, depending on how the draft falls, obviously. But if Julio falls to me, I'm taking him, and then probably Odell. Um, well, in 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 this actual mock draft, at the twelfth spot is where Julio was picked. So you would have theoretically have gotten him. And then Odell was the 13th pick. That's about right. I bet you, Lee, what do you think? Yeah. If, if we were ahead of crystal ball right now, this draft starts in about three hours. So hopefully, I would like that first round to move around. It could possibly move around nicely, uh, but we'll see. I know that uh, when we did our, our uh, Dynasty draft back on Memorial Day weekend, like I remember it took like the first guy an hour to make his first pick. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, what's... <laughs> And then he chose a quarterback. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? But anywho, uh, long story short... Um, <laughs> uh, that's a topic for another pod, obviously. But uh, long story short, I bet you what six quarterbacks go in the top, or six running backs, excuse me, go in the top twelve. But it'll probably six and six. Sounds about right. Yeah, it uh, depends if Melvin Gordon gets drafted too. Yeah, nine uh, went in the first round in this mock. I I bet Melvin Gordon slides to the turn, dude, or close to it. I really do, man, and he should. He really should because of the question marks. I think you can, and especially in this league, this league is so many teams. If you miss on your first pick, you could you could be in trouble unless you unless you hit on some lottery tickets, which we try to let our listeners know about. Would you agree with that, Lee? That like if we're in a ten, if this was a ten man league, I would feel more saucy about taking Melvin Gordon in the first round than I would fourteen. Or does league size not matter on something like that, guys? What do you think? I'll ask you first, Lee, and then Matt and then Chris. What do you think, Lee? 
Yeah, I'm just I'm not touching Melvin Gordon just because I know the situation is a little different than Lev Bell, but you could get that scenario where your first rounder is totally wasted because he doesn't play a single game in the season. So I don't want that risk. What do you think, Matt? I think league size does matter in terms of something like that. I think it should definitely play into who am I willing to take a risk on. It doesn't matter league size to me about Melvin Gordon personally, though, because I don't think I would touch him in the first round. If he makes it to like the late second, early third, I would think about it. And even then, I might not pull the trigger just based on how many question marks there are. Right. What do you think, Chris? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm kind of with uh, Matt on this. I'm not taking him till late second, early third, and then I still might not take him. He's injured a lot too. Well, he's going to go before that. I mean, let's be real. Unless, unless it's unless I'm doing my draft the first week of September and he's still holding out, he's not going to go to the fall to the third round. Period. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people talk. You know, I, I always mention that people's injuries history and everything. In the first two rounds, I'm trying to take somebody that has a. His history of not Oh, sure. Hurt. Oh, no, that is correct. No, Chris, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's what our listeners to know. We rag on Chris a lot. We have a group chat going on on our phones, and we, we always – Chris loves to bring up injuries, and we've done it on the show. It's okay to talk about, like, Fournette. Remember I brought up Marlon Mack, guys, because nobody's talking about his injury history? Yep. It's important to let our listeners know about that. And with these running backs and wide receivers, it's so important because quarterback injuries – are more flukish, I think, because it takes the right like Tom Brady's injury was just out of nowhere, right? That could happen to any any one of the quarterbacks. Sure, you have a Carson Wentz or Aaron Rodgers where unfortunately it's happened two or three times in the last couple of years. Cam Newton as well, but if at the right price, I'm I'm taking him and I'm I'm okay with it, right? Like if it's the sixth round and Aaron Rodgers is sitting there, I would be hard pressed not to take Aaron Rodgers in the sixth round. Right? Well, yeah. So it, it depends on the value with everything, but it is important to be very aware of, of injuries and all of that. And with Melvin Gordon, I'm just concerned that, like for me, like in, I know your league. This is a league with people that are writing for fantasy football, podcasting for fantasy football, so everybody's on high alert. So Eckler and Justin Jackson are probably going to go before they need to. So if you draft Melvin Gordon then you're also having to invest way too much in his cuffs if you're trying to play that game and protect your first-round pick. So you're, you're really wasting draft stock on probably two or three guys because you know people are going to try to snipe because people are savage when it comes to trading and all that good stuff, right? So I would just stay away from the situation probably unless value came into it, like Eckler's available in the 10th for some weird reason or something like that. So that's my, that's my thoughts there. So, gentlemen, let's do trending in Roto. Are you ready? Always. All right. Yeah. So we got quite a bit to talk about, um, and we're going to try not to stand on the soapbox too much. Uh, this Tyreek Hill situation, we are going to talk about it, and it's – I don't – I feel like, guys, you, you don't have to walk on eggshells. You're more than welcome to say what you want. That's what I think is beautiful about our podcast is we do speak our mind. But it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a messy situation all around, and we'll get into that in a minute when it comes up. Uh, first off – LaShawn McCoy is the first thing that I'm reading right now. We're going to start with him. Um, MMQB's Albert Breer uh, reports some around the league believe that Bills could cut or trade LaShawn McCoy before week one. This is obviously news. I'll start with you, Matt. We've actually talked about this. So um, what are you doing with McCoy in drafts, man? Is this, What are your feelings on this altogether? 
Kelsey approach, I figured he would probably be traded just based on his contract situation and who they already have. So it doesn't shock me that this is happening. Um, until I know where he's going, though, I don't think he's worth anything to me, really, unless he like becomes an insane value. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you think, Chris? Well, let's, let's do a hypothetical. If you're the Chargers and Buffalo wants to trade LaShawn McCoy, flip the two and get a second if you're the Chargers for this. No way. Yeah. They wouldn't do a second. No. No. You're, not getting a, you're not getting first a first for a running back. You're getting like a fifth or fourth for LaShawn McCoy at this point. No, you'd... If you the, were doing that. The the Chargers would get the second. And they I would think so. And they would get the contract of McCoy because his contract's so high. And then they, the Bills would get the better run back, but they'd have to give up the second four. If LaShawn McCoy ends up on any team that's not the Bills, I'm going to call it right now, it's going to be the Chiefs, and it's going to piss everyone off when it happens because of Andy Reid. That's that's my bold prediction. Is like If it happens, Andy Reid's going to go get him, and all of a sudden all this Damian Williams. It'll be right after everybody just drafts Damian Williams in the second round too. And all of a sudden LaShawn McCoy's there. I like. I don't think the, the Chargers are, say what you will, they've never won a Super Bowl. But they've been they've been competitive, and I don't think if they're not going to pay Melvin Gordon, they're not going to spend drafts draft capital on a on a flip or any of that. I just wouldn't think. Lee, what do you want to chime in and say about this situation? Yeah, it's a little bit of a strange situation just because of like there's it's a crowded backfield. Shady has a like nine million dollar. I'm looking at it right now. He's got like a nine million dollar cap hit and only a two million dollar dead cap. But, like, if it was cut. But the Bills have $21 million in cap space. So they're not, like, they're not in cap trouble. Like, it's not really, it's not really, like, pressing of them to need to cut him. So I think that what most likely will happen was will be that they'll float him out to some teams. And then if no, there's no bites and they can't get anything, they'll just hold on to him. Because he's still got a little bit left in the tank. Right. And he's not, are we even sure he's that great at football anymore? He's, he's not. I mean... But right. but also talking about that cap hit, cap hit. So they got twenty one million. If he gets cut, and it's just a two million dollar dead cap, you add seven yeah, exactly. se- you add seven more million dollars to the cap, and it could roll over to next year. So that's twenty seven million dollars on top of the other space they're going to have towards next year. That's a lot of money coming for a quarterback that's going to go into his third year. Well, I feel bad for um, any Buffalo fans. Please don't take this t- uh, like that. I'm trying to sh- shoot fires at you as a fan base because I admire Buffalo fans. They're so hardcore and awesome. They jump through flaming tables. It's amazing. Bills but, um, Like nobody's going to Buffalo free agent wise. So yeah, it, this is kind of a, a moot point as far as cap goes. You got to overpay. Well, not even. No, it's kind of like Toronto. Uh, in, in the NBA, what what NBA players knowingly choose to go to Toronto? You can't overpay them. It's not a you can't overpay. I mean, but the, unfortunately, there's market. So in the NFL, you know, the, I think the Bills are doing a fine job of team building. They have a very very good defense. Uh, I like Josh Allen. I actually like the roster they're trying to build there. They're well coached too. I would say, but you know, like I, I don't know. I. LaShawn McCoy, it's worth keeping around, but it's certainly worth getting more. That's how you're going to build your team is the draft. So if you can get a third or fourth for him, I'd do it all day if I'm the Bills. And we'll see how that all pans out. But, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, once training camp starts, bodies start falling, guys, right? It's like D-Day out there. Just freaking dudes 
hamstrings get bad. And Some, then, somebody on the first day of training camp, all happens. the things, somebody is going to have a season-long injury. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate, but it's yeah. it's a thing. So Darren Sproles, speaking of running backs, uh, signed a one-year deal with the Eagles. So uh, Lee, being our Eagles insider, uh, I think this is uh, noise personally, and I think it's something that fantasy owners should not even pay attention to. Um, do you agree with me there? Yeah, I think it's noise, but our, I, I think it's noise in the fact that he won't have standalone fantasy value. But I just think it's more fuel to the fire of like Miles Sanders will not produce this year. Like, he, like he's he was drafted as like a project, and he's gonna sit behind Jordan Howard and sit behind Darren Sproles and sit behind um, Corey Clement, and he'll get some he'll get some like he'll get some touches. But for the most part, like this is not the year for him to break out. Agreed, I agree. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I think it's a 36 year old running back signing a one year deal. So not <laughs> not super thrilled with that. No, I know how I know how I feel. I know how my body feels at 37 after a hit class, and I could only imagine being in the NFL at 36. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Why did you draft the guy to the second round if you just got to put five other people in front of him? Because because you don't have to. You're in a position where you don't have to use him yet. You don't pay running backs contracts. They don't get contracts. So the guy's gonna after th- four years, the guy's gonna be gone. You're wasting a complete year of this guy's. Career. Not necessarily. Uh, they're they're going to waste it. It's the Eagles. Whoa there. He's still going to get run. It's just they want him to learn behind what, the What, what is he going to get, 40 back. carries on the year? You're well, going to waste his year. We'll put it this way. You let the guy learn. You like Look at Todd Gurley's first year. Running back is the easiest position in football to transition to. It's what gap do you run through? Sure. I don't disagree with that. The problem with the NFL, it's not even a problem. It's You talk about the NBA, talk about the NFL, talk about hockey, talk about baseball, whatever sport it is. In the NFL, you don't know what you're going to draft when free agency happens, right? You you act you respond accordingly. You get players that you want to add to your squad. The draft is what five or six weeks later. Yes, and then you fill in the holes. So they traded for Jordan Howard on a on a six round pick. Jordan Howard is run him to the ground. It doesn't. They don't even have to play him. I'm for not. That, what I'm they not gave knocking that, that move. I'm not. I you there? Like you said, they had Corey, Corey Clement. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, the they have Smallwood still. Small, uh, Lindo Smallwood. They have, they have five running backs, Lee? Five or six. Yeah, well, Smallwood um, and Josh Adams are both probably going to get cut. Okay. But yeah, Clement, Howard, and now Sproles are all going to be on the roster. Yeah, I would think Clement's the most talented of the three. Yeah. Or not three, but I think he's he will make the roster of Smallwood and, uh, and home dude. I feel yeah. like they wasted a second-round pick on a running back. I don't think so. If, if you get a guy that does – you draft him in the second round, he should, he should either be a starter – or get a lot of playing time. He's not going to be. What if one. he starts next year? Doesn't matter. That, you, that you, does matter. You're wasting a year of the guy's career. Your first, second, and third round picks should be key contributors to your upcoming team. Guys, do y'all do y'all feel? What do y'all feel about what Chris is saying? Is he? I'm kind of on board with Chris here. Uh, okay. If you're going to spend that kind of draft capital on a player, you should probably use him. Okay. I expect them to. I just think it's Dougie P's whole. Uh, ability to use multiple backs. So he wants them to be able to do everything. So he's still going to get run. It's just, it's not going to be one dude. Are they the, Are they becoming the Patriots of the NFC with this running back situation? Is that what's going on? They're trying. I think that's what's going on. All right, on to the next one, fellas. All right, so Drew Locke uh, signed, his, uh, signed his deal. So he's in camp. Just now? 
Yeah, it happened, uh, let's see, Thursday, I want to say, that he signed his deal finally. Why, why would a rookie quarterback that legit has a chance to play this year, it's a capped spot. Like this is your slot. You're getting paid this much because he uh-huh. was he was a second round. He wanted uh, guarantees and stuff in there. It was the fine tuning of the writing was all that it was. What, did, had he been in camp? He'd done everything. He just was sitting out holding out for camp to get the other stuff. So uh, they say that he's not a quarterback yet, is what Vic Fangio said. So Lee, what is what does that mean to you? I, I have no idea. I, I, I always thought that it'd be Flacco this year or ne- and next year maybe. And that they'd kind of let Drew Drew Locke sit in the wings and uh, and learn the playbook and get good. So the quote is, "It's a it's a pretty blunt criticism for the rookie, uh, though Locke always figured to be a work in progress. He's a hard throwing pitcher that doesn't know how to pitch yet," is what they say. Matt, what are your thoughts on this? That means he's just coming out and throwing as hard as he can. He's not putting any touch on it. And he's not worried about placement. He's just throwing as hard as he can. So until he figures out that there's a timing to the offense, that you need to kind of pick your spots with your fastball, he's going to be on the bench. And if, if that's happening this early, I'm not sure he's going to touch the field this year. I used to think that he might get there. I did too. My dynasty team happen, I doesn't like this. And uh, it's something. That, so I'm going to keep an eye on this during the preseason for sure. I'm going to see Joe him play. And what, and what do you think, Chris? Uh, I'm just saying for your dynasty league, I have Joe Flacco. I will never trade for Joe Flacco. I'm just Don't saying even, you should give up a first for him. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd rather lose. I'm glad you're back, Chris. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I think it's a little bit of. Uh, I think it's a little bit. of News and noise. Um, he's a rookie quarterback. Newsy noise. Newsy noise. Yeah, he's a he's a rookie quarterback. He's not projected to really play this much, much in either either way. Um, he got drafted where he should have in the second round. He's not a first round talent. We all knew he was going to have to develop. They say his footwork was wrong in college and all that stuff. They always already said there was a lot of stuff this kid needed to work on. Right. So we knew that. But the arm thing, you know, I figured he had a little bit more touch. He should have touch on the ball at this point of his career. You're you're a professional quarterback. You should know how to throw the ball. You know, I saw a stat, guys, uh, on Twitter yesterday. It was talking about, uh, I believe, wins the last 10 years. So uh, teams that have won the most games over the last decade, and the Broncos are on the list of, I think, top 10 is what it was. Yeah, well, no, absolutely. Well, they did. Well, honestly, though. They they're always te- even when they're bad years they teeter around five hundred. You know but why? John Elway, if 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 this and this is way too early to say that they've missed on the guy. Let's see him in preseason because you know what? Um, I know that we could talk all day about whatever, but whenever we drafted Dak here in Dallas, there was talks about him not even making the team. He looked awful in training camp, and then all of a sudden Romo got injured. And then the backup quarterback, Kellen Moore, who's now the OC, broke his leg. He broke his and leg. And all of a sudden. He broke his leg before. Yeah. And then we had. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they tried to trade for Nick Foles. It didn't happen. We had a guy that was playing uh, those, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was going to be the third string quarterback. Dak was slated to be fourth. Yeah. And Kellen Moore broke his leg. And they moved Dak to number two for whatever reason and jumped the other guy and moved that guy that was competing for the spot to safety. Yeah. So then, whatever happened, yeah, Jamil showers. Yeah, there we go. And then, so then, whatever happened, Dak started and like just was a gamer. 
You yep. know, like talk, you know, say what you will about Dak as compared to other quarterbacks or whatever else. We're not here to debate that, but I mean, some some dudes you just put them on the field and it happens. Like Tom Brady, look at it, six six round draft pick. It took him three seasons, right, guys, to get on the on the field, and it was game over once he finally did. Brady, yeah, right. No, year two, year two, yeah. So we, so we don't know. So I'm not here to say Drew Locke is that, but man, if Elway misses again on a quarterback, yeah, right. Okay, so Ty- Tyreek Hill, and we're probably going to talk about this for a minute. Um, I think everybody who's listening to this pod knows by now what's going on, but it's official from the NFL that Tyreek Hill will not be suspended. So I'm going to sound, sound off on this first, and then, Matt, I'm going to give it to you. Um, so my with, with Tyreek Hill, I agree with the fact that the NFL is not suspending him, as hard as it is to say. My moral compass is not a fan of the man. And hearing the hearing the recording, everything else, but I'm a firm believer that if that the NFL is not its own judicial system and that's stupid to think that they should or could be, I think that if the police drop something and don't do anything, the NFL should do exactly the same, is the way I feel. And I think that that's what's going to end up happening on the new bargaining agreement. Either that or there's going to be a straight-up plan laid there. What this feels like to me is it feels like the NFL knows this is looming, this potential strike, this potential labor deal, everything, right? I think this is their little nudge, like, see, look, we nothing happened with Tyreek Hill. We're going to change our ways. We're not going to be like we were anymore. So I agree with it as far as nothing happened in the, in the eyes of the law. But, man, it's still, it's still a tough pill to swallow because so many other players didn't get that luxury. So, Matt, I'll give the floor to you uh, on this Tyreek Hill situation. It's obviously news. Uh, what are your thoughts? My thoughts, I'm going to try and stay out of the PR, should they, shouldn't they. This is going to be more fantasy football related, and I think he immediately goes back to being a top five wide receiver that you should draft probably in the first round. Um just because he's not going to be suspended. He's on an awesome offense with Patrick Mahomes, who has a huge arm. He's got Kelsey that's going to take some coverage away from him, and he can take the top off of any defense. So regardless of how you feel off the field, obviously he needs to clean his life up and get that together. Hopefully he can move through this and become better as a person. Um, But as far as fantasy football goes, he immediately goes back to being a top five wide receiver. Chris? Oh, so many things. <laughs> so many things. Uh, as a Cowboys fan, it feels like we're overpunished mm-hmm. compared to other teams. That's fair. And, you know, the Zeke situation is is damn near the same th- thing, but Zeke got suspended for six games. Six games. It took 18 months to get it done. Tyreek Hill's situation was resolved in three months. Right. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. I if the in the eyes of the law, Tyreek Hill did nothing wrong. So I agree with Zach. As much as it pains me to say, he shouldn't be suspended. Zeke was found not guilty in the eyes of the law, and the the, the person that was running the investigation for the NFL also told the NFL that he should not be punished. Right. But Roger Goodell decided to go against it and suspended the man for six games. I think that. Like I said, I think that the comment that I made before I give it to Lee, I think I, I think that my thought process might have hit the nail on the head. That 
two years ago, this would be probably six to ten games. And I think that because of this looming uh, strike that's coming, the the NFL owners obviously don't want that to happen. And nobody really, us fans, don't want it. I think this is the first domino of what's going to be going on in the NFL. I mean, obviously, I think that players will be allowed to smoke pot. I think that drug. I think I think a lot of things are going to change. Uh, Lee, before we get too far left, uh, let's get your thoughts on the situation. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I agree with like when I think Matt said that he's a t- back to being like a, in the conversation for a top five receiver. Um, at least from a dynasty perspective. Um, he's still got the one hurdle to clear, really, of like getting that long-term deal worked out with the Chiefs, especially because a lot of his value is tied to the fact that he's tied to Patrick Mahomes for the foreseeable future. Right. But uh, I'm not one to comment on. Like, I don't know. It's obviously like from what all I can see, like he's a bad dude and did some really bad things. But you know, this is fantasy football. Sure. And you gotta draft him because he's so good. But it sucks that you know that, that there, there wasn't more strict punishment, especially when Zeke did get punished for the same exact thing, basically. So he's my it is definitely uh, a double standard for sure. He's my wide receiver three. Like I got DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill is how I rank them as far as that. And he's probably consensus ranking going to be five or six on wide receivers. So I think you could pick him in that. 8 to 12 spot in drafts and sleep like a baby. He's phenomenal. And then the Chiefs did also say another thing on Roto is the Chiefs said that they're very interested in still extending him. So I would think that's going to be done sooner rather than later. So now you've got a real big conundrum. You've got Julio Jones. You've got Tyreek Hill. You've got Amari Cooper. You have Michael Thomas. Uh, Four of the top, what would you say, 12 or 13 receivers for sure uh, in the NFL. And uh, this is... NFL news, not really fantasy, but they're all playing chicken now to see who's going to sign the deal first, right? It's like that meme in the office where everybody's got their guns out. Yeah. Just why? Who's going first, man? Who's got it? And here's the problem. Oh, Kansas City signed Sidney Watkins to $17 million. Not a single one of these guys are going to take less than $17 million. Oh, for sure. Right. No, yeah, that's an, and then whoever signs here is going to set the new the new tone for salaries and all that good Sam stuff Watkins, as well. I don't think Sam Watkins got $17 million. He did. Yeah. Sammy Watkins? Yeah. Sammy Watkins got seventeen million. Yeah. He got overpaid, my friend. Yes, he did. Because da- Dallas offered him twelve or thirteen. Right. And the Chiefs gave him seventeen million, so he just was like I got to go over here. Yeah. This is the only big paycheck I'm ever going to get. All right. Uh, I think Tyreek signs first, by the way, because he's going to have to if he well, wants a deal. I would. I would. I would have signed yesterday well, here, if I was Tyreek Hill. That, the reports where they already had parameters of a deal worked out. It was like ninety-four million or something. Yeah, it was a lot of money. And then they, the talks cooled down, obviously, when all this came out. Yep. I think... Uh, if you're the Chiefs, do you offer the same deal with less guarantee? I think Julio's going to sign first. And I think he's going to sign like a two-year fully guaranteed deal. That's it? Two or three. I mean, Julio, he's older, so sure. I don't know. It's just, that's just my, my feeling. Was he 32, 33? Yeah. That'd be a heck of a team-friendly deal. Yeah. I, I mean... Yeah, no, Aaron Rodgers doesn't know anything about that. Oh, gosh. Shots fired. <laughs> All right, Marquise Brown uh, progressing well. I'll read the full thing for you guys. Uh, NFL.com's Ian Rappaport suggests Marquise Brown is progressing well and should be back on the field in a few weeks. So he's going to be about week two of training camp probably, So he, he doing actually, what he needs to do. So he actually will play the season opener. In theory, yes. So we'll start with you, Chris. 
What do you think about this? This is news or noise? That's news. I mean, that's big. I mean, he's he's going to be a big weapon in that offense. He's going to be probably their best playmaker. Not Lamar named Lamar Jackson. I think that's big news. Okay. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, one sec. Sorry. Um, I think I don't know. I, I just to me, Marquise Brown never really did it for me. Just like super small, like injury prone, bad quarterback. So he's a guy where like I'd rather have Andy Isabella, like same kind of profile, better quarterback, than than like take a shot at Marquise Brown. Okay, Matt. I think it's news. Um, he's going to be probably the top wide receiver on the depth chart immediately when he does come back. I disagree with Lee. I think he's actually really good. I know he's smaller. I know he doesn't fit that like prototypical profile. Um, Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. I'm kind of excited to see if they take some of the handcuff off of him and let him throw a little more this year. Although it's John Harbaugh, so I doubt it. But, you know, it'd be kind of nice. So Is John Harbaugh and Jason Garrett of the AFC? He, oh, easily. He obviously, might, obviously yeah. he has a Super Bowl. He, he might be. So yeah. he's got the credibility for that. But they seem to both just be like, this is how I'm going to do it. Rock the run, 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 run in a passing league. Yeah. All right. So we have Emmanuel Sanders. This is, uh, to me, this is news. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is expected to be a full go soon. He's apparently looked explosive. Uh, looked good doing 11-11 drills. Uh, he's going to be participating in that probably within the next two weeks. So we'll start with you. Uh, Matt, what do you think about Emmanuel Sanders and this news or noise? I'm glad as a person that he's healthy. I still just don't care. <laughs> he's an old wide receiver. Uh, I think he could eat into whatever you thought of Cortland Sutton. He might bump Deshaun Hamilton down just a peg because they're kind of the same guy. Um, so, yeah, it's news in that regard, but I still want zero parts of Emmanuel Sanders. What do you think, Lee? I, I, I'm, he's like a late-round guy. Like if he keeps progressing this well, I think it's news. If he keeps progressing this well from the Achilles injury and actually does look good, I mean – I'm looking at his stats right now from last year, like his age 31 season before he went down. Like his point total is 40, 15, 18, 13, 19, 33, 37, 11, 11, 11, 23. And then he goes down with a seven-point game. So I think like the dude's still got a lot left in the tank and is still super productive. So he's a late-round guy I'd definitely target. What do you think, Chris? I think I have to see it to believe it. Uh, Say, you know, preseason games, whatnot, just see how he looks. actually looks in a game. Uh, I would take a flyer on him if he looks good. Other okay. than that, it's just noise to me. So what would be the on the Ravens? And this is a question for everybody, so feel free just to cut each other off and chime in. So Emmanuel Sanders, we all know what kind of receiver he is. What would the comp be for receivers that Flacco had with the Ravens to Emmanuel Sanders? Which guy? Would it be the older Steve Smith? No. Would no, it be Macklin, I think. It would be who? Who is who? Okay. Macklin. Yeah. Jeremy Macklin. Okay. Like Macklin right in the beginning when he went with the Ravens. I think that's probably the best comp. Is Macklin still in the league? No. No, he retired recently. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. Like I said, I was searching for that because I'm trying to. I know it's a different offense, it's a different city, it's a different personnel, but I try to think of Flacco and fantasy results from players that he's worked with, and I'm trying to put together 
what he might lean to. So to kind of, because we don't know, this is one of those, we haven't seen it with our eyes yet, so we're kind of just going off of data and predictions. But I'm with you guys. Uh, I'm not I'm not big on Emmanuel Sanders, but if his price stays where it's at, I am big on Emmanuel Sanders because I wouldn't mind taking him where he's at right now. Uh, Philip Lindsay, more Bronco news, got the first rep of camp. Uh, he's practicing without limitations. Chris Temple, news or noise? Sorry, the wife texts... Uh... Philip Lindsay, he uh, got the first rep of camp, and he's practicing without limitations. That's news. I think Philip Lindsay will be your starter there. I think he's getting drafted too high overall. So you know, if you can hold back and get Royce Freeman, I think it'd be better value for you. I I think it's noise because I think we knew this personally. Uh, that's my thing. But uh, Lee, what do you think about this? I think it's news. I mean, I think it's good that he's back. I mean, it's back, and he got the first rep at camp. Um, I personally think Lindsey's talent will win out, um, and I really like the player. But also, I looked up—I keep forgetting to mention this—but sixteen million a year for Sammy Watkins. Gotcha. Put that out. Gotcha. And so way too much. Still like the fifth highest paid receiver, which is just nuts. Or yeah. sixth. Oh, right. And then uh, Matt, what do you think about Mr. Lindsey? I think it's news, and that he's. Practicing without limitations. That's a good thing. Um, noise and the fact that he took the first rep. Who cares? Um, but <laughs> I, I kind of agree with Lee in that I think the talent wins out there. I just, even when Royce Freeman got run in the preseason, I didn't see it the way other people did. I really like Philip Lindsay's talent. I think in a Vic Fangio-led team he's going to kind of lean on the running game let the defense do the talking and i think that bodes well for the back that wins out and i believe that it's going to be philip Lindsay. okay okay and the last but not least for trending in roto is going to be peyton barber so i think we've all uh kind of commented about rojo that's what he's he's a that's what he's called on the show now uh ronald jones and we all kind of I think his apparently his value is about to take a take a hit because apparently there's a lot of coach speak and stuff going on with Peyton Barber now. Um, P, uh, Puter the PuterReport.com's Taylor Jenkins suspects Peyton Barber will have close to 45 targets this season. His estimate is based on the idea that Barber receives every down treatment since Jaquiz Rogers is no longer around to play off the bench, assuming he makes it out of camp. So we'll start with you, Chris, with Peyton Barber. Uh, I'm not a Peyton Barber guy. I will pass. Uh, is this news, noise? What is this for you? Uh, it's 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 noise for me. It's it's a Tampa Bay running back, and I'm not touching them with a 10-foot pole. Okay. They, they're just not consistent, and their running backs are not any good. <laughs> okay. I, I, Shots fired. I don't know how, go. how more harsh I can be, but they're just not any good. Tell us how you really feel. All right, Matt, what do you think? Work done and Mike Allstott disagree, Chris. Um, yeah, from 1999. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> you said Tampa Bay running backs. That's all time to me. Anyway, um, as far as Tampa Barber goes, this this report is noise. This is just one dude's projection. I don't think it's not based on anything the coach said or anything like that. So, I mean, you can project that all you want, but I think you're projecting wrong if you think it's not going to be Rojo. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I think it's noise, but it does bring me back to the fact that that like they both Rojo looked horrible last year, and Barber wasn't wasn't much better. 
So unless like I would take my shot at Rojo if they're getting drafted around the same same area. But Chris is kinda right. Like it's kind of a backfield to avoid, honestly. Oh, for sure. I for the right price, I still think that Ronald Jones is going to be the guy, but in PPR he might have very, 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 very little value because he wears oven mitts apparently on his hand. So that's you know, that is what that is. So I disagree that it's a backfield to avoid. It's an Arians. No, I like Ronald Jones. I want a running back in that scheme, so I'd take my pick between the two, but I prefer Rojo, just talent standpoint. Oh, for sure. I I will pick Rojo. I think that his value is going to be something that I'm going to have a few shares of him for sure. I don't. I'm with you. I think that Arians will make offenses that score, which means goal line opportunities. So that's a, that's definitely a good thing. So that's this 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 segment trending in Roto is done, and we're about to break down to the wide receivers before we close for the day. So first off, I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on CreatorRank.com. Brought to you by the guys at CPMC. This service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They'll evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview the playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and CreatorRank.com slash product slash CPMC. So, gentlemen, are you ready? It is time to close out the wide receivers up in chair. So we are going to do, we're going to start at 41 and you guys know the drill by now. Uh, Too high, too low. Is it somebody we like? Is it somebody that's fantasy relevant? Are we passing on him? So these ranks, these rankings do change week to week. They change in real time. Obviously this is 0.5 PPR. Uh, Number 41 that I'm looking at right now is Mr. Larry Fitzgerald. So we're going to start with you, Chris at 41. Is Larry Fitzgerald too high, too low, or just right? I think for his age and everything, I think he's just right. I mean, I would I would take a flyer on Larry Fitzgerald all day if he came across at 41. Okay. All day. Matt, what are your thoughts? I think Larry Fitzgerald is ranked just about right, but the only Arizona Cardinal wide receiver I really want is Andy Isabella. Thanks, Lee, for talking him up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that all of, I think all of you should not draft Larry Fitzgerald in the draft we're about to do at all. I'm just kidding. Uh, Lee, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say it like I kind of say it every year. I think he's too old. <laughs> I think it's finally the time where uh, his age really catches up to him, and I think he's too high. I like a lot of the guys underneath him. Yeah, my thoughts on Larry Fitzgerald are I think the price is right, but I would. That being said. Every name we're about to talk about, I think I would pick over him. So I guess the price is completely wrong, because I'm looking. I'm looking at. <laughs> I'm looking at 41 through 55 here, and the upside that all of these guys have, I think, is just way better than what Larry Fitzgerald brings to the table, which is Mr. Consistent, right? So, and I think I'm okay if I'm wrong. I'm okay with it because the the upside of one of these guys, if you hit, could be crazy good. Uh, speaking of upside. I know we had a heated debate on our creator rank uh, group me chat yesterday. Uh, number forty-two is Curtis Samuel. So Lee, we'll start with you. Is he too lot, too high, too low? What's going on with Curtis Samuel in your mind? I think he's a he's a popular breakout candidate. I know throughout the fantasy community, and for good reason. Like when he was given 
over 80% of the snaps, I think he really produced with it. And I think that he, from what I've heard, he's made a lot of plays in, um, in training camp um, or in OTAs, I guess it was. And, yeah, like, it's kind of like the 1A, 1B of him and DJ Moore. And if Cam's healthy and productive, they, they should both have solid fantasy value. So I, I like him here. He's probably too low for me. Like, I'd put him higher. Okay. Uh, Matt? I was the one that started that whole group chat thing, by the way. <laughs> I know. I haven't. I just haven't seen an argument that explains the Curtis Samuel love without knocking DJ Moore, and I don't understand it. Um, I just haven't. I guess I don't love Curtis Samuel the way everybody else does. I haven't seen a year that Cam has really supported two relevant fantasy wide receivers. I also don't remember a time in North Turner's offense that two wide receivers finished in like the top 36 or 48 to be relevant. And to me, if I'm going to invest in one of the Carolina wide receivers, it's DJ Moore. It's not Curtis Samuel. I think he's going to be the dude. So I think he's a little too high. I don't think he's the breakout candidate that everybody thinks he is, but I could be way wrong and crazy for that. What do you think, Chris? I agree 100% with Matt. Okay. I, 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 I'd rather have DJ Moore. There's receivers that are lower than him that I think should be drafted higher than I don't want to get into those names yet, but should be drafted higher than him I agree. all day. Yeah, I, I'm with uh, I, I, I'm, I like Curtis Samuel. Like, I'm not in the camp where I dislike him. I do think that, and I feel really terrible for saying this out loud because I don't like to predict injuries, but I do think that Greg Olson, man, I mean, come on. Like, this foot, this foot injury, this foot injury is horrific. It just keeps happening, and if I want, if I'm a drafter, I'm just completely avoiding him completely in all drafts and going somewhere else. So, the target share for Curtis Samuel, I think, will be there. I think that you do have an offense that can score points. That's going to be in some really good competitive games in that division because you've got, in my opinion, all high-powered offenses in the NFC in that division. So. I think that the target should be there, but that being said, I'm looking at this list, man. And if, if you're if if it if I'm up in the draft and I'm looking at six of these guys available, I think I'm pulling the trigger on somebody else over Curtis Samuel um, in this grouping. It's close, and certainly his floor should be pretty good. But is his ceiling going to be as good as the rest of the guys? I don't think so. That's that's my that's that's my thought on it. And the next guy is a guy that I would pick over him. It's at ranked 43, it's Kiki Kute, especially if I'm in a PPR league. I think this guy is PPR gold with Deshaun Watson. Uh, we'll start with you, Chris. What do you think? Is it too high, too low, just right? I think it's too high. I mean, I think there's better receivers lower than uh, lower than him still. I mean, he had 28 receptions last year for 287 yards. Uh-huh. There's receivers that are lower than him that had better production last year. Oh, sure. I, I do know that he had some... Here we go. Injuries last year. He had some hamstring injuries. Um, but 28 receptions isn't enough for me to take him at 42. Okay. Lee, what do you think with uh, Kiki? I love I love Kiki, too. Like, Samuel and, K- and uh, QT, sorry, Kiki QT, um, they're, both, they're both probably a little bit too low for me, honestly, because I know it was a small sample size, like Chris said, and there is a lot of injury worry, but... The dude, when he was on the field, like, Deshaun Watson looked his way. He got um, 
what is it? It was 20, 38 targets in four games when he played over 50% of the snaps. Yes, sir. Yes, and, sir. And, like, he, he produced two in those games. Like, he had 29 points, 18 points, 7 points, 15 points in those four games. And I know it's a small sample size, but Will Fuller, on the other hand, is also an oft-injured player. And I think that if you can get a, a slot receiver and who's Deshaun Watson looks for, you know, he could end up being a wide receiver too. And you got to remember that before I hand it over to Matt, that you've got if Will Fuller stays on the field and DeAndre Hopkins does DeAndre Hopkins, who's covering him? Like in a, in a situation like that, not like, everybody's got a Leighton Vander Esch or a Jalen. That's what I'm so saying. So he's gonna the and the targets are there over the. I just man, like you look at Golden Tate, Cortland Sutton, Larry Fitzgerald. I'm taking Kiki over all of them. All day, every day. Matt, what do you think? I think this is way too low. I would definitely rank Kiki higher than everybody we've named so far. Also, he's in the state of Texas. I thought he was going to be safe from Chris's injury. Thing, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> he's a Houston Texan, and we hate him all. So, uh, and also... But just to yeah. dovetail with Lee, I love Lee's point about four games where he played over 50% of the snaps, getting right. 38 targets. In that offense, I want every bit of Kiki Gutierrez. Was Will get. Fuller playing in any of those games? No, he was not. That's but Will Fuller's not really a target guy. I think that only helps him, though, Chris. Right. Because he's going to stretch the field. And as mentioned, who the heck is left to cover Kiki Kuti? A linebacker? Good luck. Right. A safety that's not quite... I, I want Kiki Kuti all day. They're, all your targets are going to Kiki and Hopkins. Will Fuller's what, like a four-target guy? Throw it deep, right? Because even in the zone, also, Will Fuller is good in the red zone. Yes, he it, gets a lot of touchdowns. And that's also what we want to tell our listeners is pay attention to your league points. We're talking about .5 PPR here or a PPR. If you're in a standard league, which there are still some insane people that do that, uh, which is fine. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's it, you pick your poison, you design your league, you play the way you want. Kiki is a guy I'm not drafting in a standard league because you're destined to get six points a game from him when he gets 60 yards, but it's seven receptions, right? He's a guy you absolutely want in PPR because that's a 13 point player every week probably if he if he does those metrics. So pay attention to where you're drafting. Don't hate on the fact we told you to draft Kiki and he's getting you five points a game and you're getting your butt kicked. Know your scoring, know your league, and where you're at. Uh, number four, I'm going to say too high because I like the rest of the guys above him. And I don't know. I hope he takes a leap because I think the talent's there, but it's Anthony Miller on the Bears at number 44. So I'm going to start with you, Matt, here on Anthony Miller. Uh, what are your thoughts? Too high, too low? I think it's just about right. Um, if anything, maybe just a smidge too low. I love the offense. I love kind of his skill set matches well being paired opposite Allen Robinson. And I think if he does take that next step, his ceiling's pretty darn high. He showed some flashes last year. And as much as I'd love to disparage him being a bear, I actually kind of really like Anthony Miller this year. So I think it's a little too low. What do you think, Chris? I like Anthony Miller as well. I'm just afraid for him being on the bears and not because he's, a member of that organization, they're not very good at developing wide receivers there. Okay. They, they just don't develop them well. Or they a lot of the ones they have drafted have had injury problems. Anthony Miller has not, but they just don't develop well. Okay. 
So it is a new regime, so maybe maybe it's different. Yes, hopefully, maybe. hopefully they they have shown more upside with this new coach. Yes, for sure. So uh, I think he's a little too low. I think I would draft him over. I would probably draft him over Fitzgerald, Samuels, and Kute. Okay, Lee, what are your thoughts on Anthony Miller, sir? Yeah, I um I actually like him. I think he's probably right right there. He's probably in a good spot in the rankings. But um, I mean, one thing you do have to take into account, and I know there's like definitely chance for regression, but he had seven touchdowns as a rookie. Yeah. So that's super impressive. And if he can translate that to more time on the field and exclusively in the slot, then I think that he actually could be pretty good. I have a so question. I, he's a guy I like to target in that area. I have a question for you guys, and. Can Anthony of all this grouping, does Anthony Miller have the best opportunity to be wide receiver one out of these guys on this team? Yes. 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 Okay. So I would say that the price I, I would say the price is right then because if I'm drafting a wide receiver three, what am I what do I want? I want upside or I want guaranteed catches. So like I look at Kiki Kuti like we just talked about, and I see that I, I'm like, man. This dude's gonna get the targets. That's what I want because this is this is my flex. This is my backup wide receiver, my bye week fill in, whatever. In the league we're about to be in, this might be your wide receiver nine or something. I don't know. He's gonna probably be starting, right? <laughs> yeah. So with Anthony Miller, there's a very good chance that he could emerge past Allen Robinson, past Gabriel, and be their number one. Or it could not happen, but it's certainly there. So I, th- I think I'm a buyer at this point, and. Because he has, obviously, I, I 100%, I think he has the best opportunity of everybody here. Uh, although, uh, this is a really, I really do like, I really didn't like the last grouping of wide receivers we did two weeks ago. I love the receivers here. I really do, man. I, I like a lot of them. Uh, let's see, we have a guy that I personally, man, I, Geronimo Allison is number 45. And I like the other receiver better. So it's kind of pick your poison. They're both within like 10 spots of each other. So we'll start with you, Lee. Is Geronimo Allison too high or too low at 45? So I'm going to say he's in the right spot. Okay. And I'm going to say he deserves to be above MVS just because – and it's hard to compare because Randall Cobb and James Jones have been historically the – like Jones was the outside receiver for Rodgers and the second option out of Jordy, outside of Jordy. And then Cobb has been the slot receiver for Rodgers. So if you just kind of look at that, um, the slot receiver has definitely um, done more in the Green Bay offense than the second outside receiver because we all know Devonta Adams is the number one. And the way that Rodgers has talked Allison up, I like the way that Allison has played when he's been on the field. I think that he's the upside guy that I really like to take here, as opposed to the second out, the second receiver on the outside. So. All right, good point. Matt? As much as I'd love to be able to look at that, that's Mike McCarthy's offense, and we're not in that anymore. We're now in like a Kyle Shanahan-type offense, so I would look at almost like what the Falcons did, and I want kind of that Muhammad Sanu almost, that second outside guy, so I disagree with Lee in that sense. I would rather have MVS than Geronimo Allison. Also to me... Marquez Valdez-Scantling vastly flashed a lot higher to me than Geronimo Allison did. I think his skill set is going to match well with what the defense is going to try and do against Devontae Adams, and I think he can exploit 
what coverage he's going to see. So I would much rather invest in Marquez Valdez scaling the Geronimo Isles. Well, Can I push back real quick? Yes. So, yeah, just um, in the games that Allison was healthy, uh-huh. um, he put up, he's 18-13, 21-14, and it's always been Aaron Rodgers' offense. Regardless of coach, it's always going to be who Rodgers likes. So I think Rodgers talking him up and the fact that historically the slot in Green Bay has been the second highest producer is that's the guy I'm targeting. So for anybody that's wondering, talked up Marquez Valdez Scantling though. If for anybody wondering, dangerous in this offense. For anybody wondering, Lee just went onto Aaron Rodgers' Instagram and checked his likes. He disliked four of Geronimo Allison's pictures. I'm just kidding. Um, Chris Temple, you care to chime in? Uh, I think Equinami of St. Brown has more upside than all of them. Really? I do. Wow. I think I think he will probably by the year's end be the better of the, uh, and he'll get more playing time than Allison. Really? I do. Okay, well, I think, for me... You must be in love with that six-round draft capital there, Chris. You're yeah. damn right I am. <laughs> <laughs> I like... The reason why I like the law firm better is because of touchdown upside. Um, that's why I think I would pass on Allison. Now, one thing I do side with Leon is that I do think the value is right. The value is not wrong. So... You certainly can draft him. I would lean Val Scantling first because I would rather. I think you could get two of these guys. So I would go. If I'm drafting, I would say I would go Kiki for the PPR guarantee, and then I would go for touchdown upside the law firm because I just feel that he's a, a bigger target and could do a little bit more in the red zone on a, on a team that's going to score some points. One thing though to side with Lee with Allison that we're not talking about is he did sign a one year deal, so he is betting on himself. And he is in a contract year. And traditionally, players in last year of deals on one-year deals stay on the field for some weird, crazy reason that I can't explain and tend to have career bests if the talent is there. And he's certainly in the right opportunity. So you certainly could do a lot worse. This time next year, Geronimo Allison will be the slot in Dallas. Green Bay's just going to start grooming our slot receivers. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'll take it. So we, at number 46, we have Nikhil Harry on New England. Uh, rookie wide receiver. Uh, we're going to start with you, Chris. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts of this ranking? Are you passing on him at this point? Or are you like, man, he's with Tom Brady, so I've got I've to have a share of him? Well, it depends on how, what I have at receiver already. Okay. So in that mock we did earlier, I had uh, Michael Thomas and Juju. So I have no problem taking a flyer on Nikhil Harry at this point. But if I'm weak at wide receiver right now, I have to go with somebody that I know is going to produce. Okay. So I think his ranking is right for where he's at. I love the upside of the kid. I, I, I really do love the kid. I just I couldn't take him this early if I didn't have a, a grouping of wide receivers to support maybe his. Okay. So you think that depends on the build for where his ranking should be yes. of your team? Yes. Okay. What do you think, Matt? I actually agree with Chris. He made a salient point about the build. Yeah. Nice job, Chris. I do agree. I agree. That, that is a very good point. Yeah, it's a rookie wide receiver, so it's really hard to kind of gauge what you think he's actually going to do. Yes, it's the New England offense that's missing Gronk. I just, uh, it scares me so much to trust a wide, like, rookie wide receiver to be my wide receiver, too. I need him as a bench guy. I want zero parts of him if he has to be my wide receiver, too. I agree 100 percent with that. I couldn't take him as my wide receiver too. I'd have to, I'd have to take. So out of that list, where we're at, who would you take to be your wide receiver too? Say you had Michael Thomas already. 
And then you had this whole group right here. So 51 through – or 41 through 55. Who would be your – I have to have this guy. I would be targeting Kiki Kuti or Anthony Miller because I think either one of them is going to step up and kind of give me the production alongside Michael Thomas that I can trust to be there week to week. Okay, so you don't, you wouldn't want somebody that's actually, uh, say, as a Sean Jackson, that's actually proven that they can play for your wide receiver yeah. team. You take you would take the upside. He's not getting any younger. I'm scared of Deshaun Jackson in general. Okay. We'll get to him. <laughs> right. No, I, I'm with you guys, Lee. What do you think, sir? Yeah, I think I. I mean, I wouldn't want Harry as my wide receiver too. I 100% agree with you guys. I'd probably lean more towards um, Samuel and Cootie. But, and rookie receivers, they almost never break out except for the greats. But Nikhil Harry is really, really good. So I think, I think there is a realm of possibility where he shows that he's the number one receiver in that offense. There's no Gronk, so he takes over a lot of the red zone work. And, you know, he ends up being a wide receiver too. Like, he's definitely the guy out of that group, like more than Anthony Miller even, that can really take that wide receiver one role and kind of run with it, even though Edelman's there, but I'm talking more like the wide receiver outside red zone target, and I really think he could produce. Well, think about it this way. We're all about to be drafting, right? And slow draft, fast draft, whatever it is, we, we're going to get to this point of the receivers where they're ranked, right? So we're drafting right now. It's in a PPR league that's going to be heavy on wide receiver. You're starting three and there's four flexes. You're going to be starting what? Possibly... Possibly five or six wide receivers a week yeah. in a build like that, probably, right? More than likely? Probably. So, because the, obviously the running backs, there's me running backs there, but wide receivers reply normally on the last spots offer a little bit more upside for the in the PPR aspect of things, maybe. So you're drafting, and you have the opportunity to go Nikhil Harry or one of these other guys. I think I'm taking these other guys over it because – I'm to a point on the build of what we're drafting that I, I need more of a guarantee. And it's no the league, though. If you're in a league that's starting two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex, maybe it's okay to take a, advantage of that situation. So I, I'm with you guys, and this is this is the good point. Chris made such a valid point that every draft is different. You know, for me, I side with I wouldn't take a chance on him if I went wide. If I, if I go two wide receivers to start the draft – I'm filling up on running backs. I'm staying away from guys like him, and I'm going with a running back. But it's all about what you feel more comfortable with because he made a very valid point. What if he drafts Harry, and all of a sudden Harry is a stud, and then he can trade him for an RB1 or RB2 that he didn't have because he went so wide receiver heavy. So there's a lot of different uh, dominoes that can fall on situations like that. At number 47, spoiler alert, Matt already talked about him. So we're going to start with the, the Philadelphia fan, Deshaun Jackson, number 47. Ah, uh, man, he had some good weeks with Tampa last year and was really on the faintest fantasy radar again after kind of taking a dip. Lee, are you thinking this is a good good spot for him, Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, I think I think it's a great spot for him. Um, I think you kind of have to know what you're getting. It's just um, – He's a guy that for seven games will be a will be a start worthy player because he could put up thirty points in a week for sure. And he's still even in those games, like if he's healthy, he will get a couple catches for a, like a decent amount of yardage. It's just old speedster, you know, hamstring injuries out the wazoo. So you just have to be ready for him to not play for five six games. Right. What do you think, Matt? 
wholeheartedly agree with everything Lee just said. Um, old guy relies on speed. He was able to do it last year in that offense. I think he's going to be able to do it again this year in Doug Peterson's offense. It's only going to be for a few weeks, though. So be prepared. Build right. What do you think, Chris? Do we really know what we're going to get out of him in the Doug Peterson offense? Because the Doug Peterson offense has a lot of weapons, and I hate to say it, the Eagles have a lot of weapons. Well, Is I, he even going to get the playing time he got in Tampa? Sure. I think, I think that's a valid point, Chris. So... I think Deshaun Jackson, I think the ceiling that you could hope for is Will Fuller. So imagine when Will Fuller, Fuller's on the court, or on the field, excuse me. And I would say that that production on his good games, a, a good wide receiver too is what you get. But I think they're almost identical players because of the injury history, the offense loaded with weapons. And you're very right, Doug Peterson spreads the ball around all over the place. We know one thing we can guarantee is the tight end is going to get peppered with targets in, in that offense, which is fine. And Deshaun Jackson, because of that, is going to have his shots. There is going to be, what do you guys think? He's probably going to have six touchdowns that are just bombs. Is, is a safe assumption with, with Deshaun Jackson? Minimum if it's Wentz healthy. Yeah, if Wentz is out there, I would think that's a thing. Now, is that enough to make him fantasy relevant? Are you chasing that? Is that really the only the majority of his points where it's, oh my gosh, is this the week that I only get two points out of him, or is this the week he has an 80-yard touchdown? Because well, we've seen that from him before, too. Well, like Lee and Matt said, I think he's boom or bust. Yeah, he, oh, he, he, that is the way he's been in fantasy. It is not Mr. Consistent. You have Kiki, who's a guy we talk about, and we like him all better, because it's PPR, the floor is sexy. The floor with Deshaun Jackson is not. It is straight up. No. I think the matchups here, I think he's going to get a bomb. Almost like playing with your gut. And unfortunately in fantasy, your gut doesn't win. It does in not. this realm though, I would rather have him on my bench than on my opponent's starting lineup. For, oh yeah, you, yeah. because every time you so play I'm, against them, you're I'm wondering, is this the week? By drafting him. Yeah. yeah. Is this the week? Yeah, that's the, pro- that's the problem. With he's the guy that scares the hell out of you yeah. when you're playing against him. But when he's on your team, you're like, I don't really think he's going to do anything this week. So up next, and I'll start with Chris because we're here in Dallas. We have At number 48, we have Michael Gallup, which I think is extremely too high. Um, I like Michael Gallup, and I do think that I want to see a lot of play from him this year because I do think that Randall Cobb's a one-year rental in Dallas and that Michael Gallup will have a significant, huge role moving forward after that. But I just... It, I like the other guys in this grouping way better than I like Gallup. So I'm going to let him drop and let somebody else take him. And I might take him as a flyer if he's way later than this, but not at this point. He's too high. What do you think, Chris? He's got better numbers than most of the guys in front of him as far as this grouping we've been talking about. Okay. He had 33 receptions for 507 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Anthony Miller had more touchdowns but less yards. Okay. So they're essentially the same wide receiver. Okay. So, so you would take? I would take Gallup. I Over think, Anthony Miller? Oh, well, I mean, that's, I'm just saying. There, I, I'm saying at this spot, I would take him. <laughs> that's what I was asking you. <laughs> that's right. Okay. I mean, okay. You, you, the the problem with Michael Gallup is is that he's got a quarterback that's not very good at throwing deep balls. Michael Gallup's numbers would have been a lot better last year if his quarterback could have hit him on deep routes because he was open on at least at least nine bombs, and his quarterback overshot him by 20 yards. Right. No, it's very no you, exactly. I haven't seen. I need to see it. I'm taking somebody else that I've seen do well because what he does best, our quarterbacks unable to help him uh, do that. Well, that was right his now. rookie year. He was wide receiver too, right? So you had Cooper after week seven, and then you had 
uh, Q-Tip in the slot, who's gone now. Right. And then you had Zeke, so he was your fourth weapon. So, you know, I would... It's hard, it, you know, the more we talk about it, the harder it is to pull the jerker on him. I look at the guys below him, and I'd just rather take a flyer on them. Matt, what do you think? I totally agree with you on this point, Zach. I would much rather take some other guys around him than try and take my shot with, like, the third, fourth option. Dallas's somewhat pass offense. Hey, quarterback <laughs> almost threw for 4,000 yards last year. Yeah, I understand that but a lot of that was not to michael gallup so <laughs> well all but 507 yards of that was, was <laughs> <laughs> so only 3500 was to other people <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance there's always the chance <laughs> right <laughs> is that is that your uh, matt anything else no okay <laughs> lee uh, i think like Dak has kind of plateaued as a passer um, and I think that this is more like, I don't think Gallup's that talented. Like, I think he's a decent route runner, and I've seen some really good double moves from him. But like you guys were saying, Dak's not a great deep ball thrower, and Amari Cooper dominates that intermediate to short area of the field. So it doesn't seem like Gallup's role will expand all that much. So I think I like the guys underneath him a little bit better. Can I, can I just chime in real quick about Dak Prescott's role as a passer uh, peaked out? You do know he is... Comparable numbers to Tom Brady's first three years. Um, okay, I mean that's probably fair. I mean I don't I don't see the stats in front of me, but yeah. And then Tom, and then that. and then I most quarterbacks it. usually have their start having their peak years about year four and five. So if Dak Prescott is going to explode, it may not happen. You may be right. It's going to be this year. Well, I think Lee. That's I, I like that Lee did that actually because I went on uh, on our Create a Dynasty podcast that we do, guys. Um, Lou, who's the host of that show, does his own podcast, The Fantasy Football Bar. And I actually uh, was a guest on their podcast, gosh, I want to say four a month ago, five weeks ago. And they attacked me as being a Cowboy fan because I know that uh, his co-host is an Eagles fan and then Lou's a 49er fan, so they naturally hate the Cowboys. And they make they rip Dak Prescott on the regular on that show. So I was like cornered and I, I, stood, I stood and won the fight. And uh, this is how I did this, and I'm glad that Lee mentioned it because our listeners hear what the national media hears and what they see, and they, they quite frankly, they quite frankly, excuse me, don't uh, watch the uh, every Cowboy game. I wouldn't blame them. I know Lee would probably throw up all over the place if you watch every Cowboy game. He can't do it. He's an Eagles fan, right? I can't. I can't do it. Right, and I wouldn't expect you to. So this is what I can see on the outside looking in, and I hope that our listeners know that with me, I try to turn off homerism as much as possible when I speak because I'm thinking fantasy, thinking numbers. I am a Cowboys fan. I have a Dallas Star tattoo on my arm. Like that's how much I bleed blue. But it's saying this just from a from a from an eyeball test and what I've seen about Dak and this and then we'll move on to the next player. Is that home dude has worked on his footwork like something I haven't seen. It's crazy. Uh and you guys will see it when it uh they start showing stuff national media wise and preseason and such. But that's what's gonna improve the deep ball. So I think personally that Gallup can be fine. I just I'm I don't know what to expect from this offense. All I hear is that in Dallas you're going to have exotic fronts, and Gallup could be one of the better receivers in this if that's the case. Because you put freaking Gallup, Amari Cooper, 
and Randall Cobb, all three on the same side, with Jason Witten running his two-yard curls on the other side right there. And you've got, Jason I mean, what are you gonna, who are you going to guard? We would talk about it. But the, the thing is, once again, is that it's practice. Footwork is amazing, but when it comes to game time, is the footwork going to be where it is, or is Dak going to revert back to the way he is? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But the upside's there, but I, as, a, as a fantasy analyst and is telling you to play with treat it like it's my money you need to pick these other guys here and you know what quite frankly I think everybody will I think Gallup will continue to to go down I don't think he's going to be drafted honestly in most leagues so if you if you are a Dallas person I would it's worth a flyer I guess but I, I would take the other guys above him so we'll move on now to Devin Funchess uh, Devin Funchess is in Indiana and I'm honestly not a fan I'm passing on him I'd I guess the price is right, but I just I don't I'm not going to own any Devin Funches stocks. Period. We'll start with you, Matt. What do you think about Devin Funches? I think it's possible that they use him kind of like a glorified tight end, so he could eat into what Eric Ebron did last year. I'm not willing to gamble <laughs> on that actually happening at this point, so I would also kind of pass on him and take some guys that are listed later. So. Okay, Chris, Devin Funches. I'd rather take Paris Campbell later. Okay. And Lee. Devin agreed. Funches. I agreed. Yeah, so we're all pretty much kind of out on Funches. Yeah. He's, so, too, he's been too inconsistent. I just, I don't know, yeah, it just doesn't do it for me, man. The, the, and, it, and I'm staring at the list, maybe that's the problem, because the guy is at 50 and 51, I absolutely love. Uh, at 50, we have Marquez Valdes-Scantling, which we've already talked about. Scanting, excuse me. So we'll start with you, Matt, since you're in uh, in Green Bay. Obviously, I think you think this is too low. Am I correct there? You, Yeah, you are correct. Uh, we talked about him with Geronimo Allison, where I think Scantling's too low. I would take him ahead of Allison. I would take him ahead of most of the dudes we've talked about today. So, Chris? Well, I mean, I think I stated my case earlier. I like Equinomi the St. Brown better. Okay. So what do you think about the positioning here, though? <laughs> I think he's too high. Okay. And Lee? Yep, too high. Nothing else to add. All right. Uh, up next, we have Bayshon Hamilton, uh, PPR Beast. I, man, if I could find – if I'm in a two-flex league and I could find a way to get Kiki and Bayshon, I will probably rub – butter all over my body and roll around in the street because I'll be so excited about it. Uh, that's a weird visual for everyone, but that's exactly what would happen. So we'll start with you, Lee. Too high, too low. What do you think? Um, hmm, that's interesting because Emmanuel Sanders is right behind him. and um, So I'll say too high just for the fact that I probably want Sanders still over him just because of the production and he's, he's progressing really well in his rehab. Nothing against Hamilton, and, and if there's news that Sanders gets injured again or won't play, then yeah, I'll definitely take Hamilton there, but Sanders still for me. What do you think, Matt? I kind of agree with Lee that if Emmanuel Sanders is healthy, it scares me a little more about Deshaun Hamilton. Joe Flacco hasn't really ever supported three wide receivers of note, so I would kind of hedge my bet and place it on Emmanuel Sanders rather than Deshaun Hamilton. But if I miss out on Kiki Guti, I think you could do worse than Deshaun Hamilton. So I think it's about right. I agree. <laughs> this is this is a guy that is going to be not a touchdown threat, I don't think. 
You hit it. It's just like Kiki. It's a guy that'll get six, seven catches, I think, on some weeks for 50 yards. Right. And it's good flat. What do you think, Chris? I think you put the two names in a hat and you close your eyes and you pick and you hope the guy that works out. Yeah. All right. That'll work. I like the I like your style. Um, I, well, that's the that's that's my point. You don't know which one's gonna who's gonna get it, right? Because if, if Sanders is healthy, he's the better option. But if he's not, Hamilton's the better option. So with these guys literally grouped right next to each other, you're just drawing blind. Yeah. At fifty one, spoiler alert. It's they, it's it's Emmanuel Sanders or number fifty two. Excuse me. It's Emmanuel Sanders, and it's honestly too low. It really is, and this. This probably will change. I think with what within the next week, if Emmanuel Sanders once he steps foot on the field in eleven eleven, he's probably going to catapult to what forty one. I think after the first game. So what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Lee? Yeah, like I said, the dude is an absolute baller. So if he's healthy, I'm, I'm grabbing him. Okay, Matt. Yeah, he's a dude that's going to explode in value. He's not going to be here couple of weeks when we're talking about this especially after the uh, Hall of Fame game I, I'm guessing he's going to be a lot higher uh, so if you can get him now at this price go ahead right I would agree getting a heck of a value I agree I like Deshaun Hamilton but for the, at the price right if the price if you're drafting today like we are which unfortunately we're not going to get to this point of the drafting until like next week but uh, yes you would you would bite on it and then We've also we've all stated our case there. So at fifty three is Kenny Stills. For me, this is too high. I'm taking upside guys. I've seen. I know what Kenny Stills is, and I'm quite frankly not interested. Maybe you could state the case that if Fitzmagic is quarterback, you might have a little bit of a Deshaun Jackson type hookup from last season in Tampa over the first month. But I'm I'm out on it personally, Chris. What do you think about Kenny Stills at 53? Uh, yeah, he's way too high. So he's inconsistent. I mean, you gotta look back at 2018. He had 105 targets. He caught 58 passes. Right. I mean, that's ridiculous. You most know? most leagues have one flex. This is a flex. It's boomer bust, and you prefer not to have that in your flex if you don't have to. Exactly. It's way too high for my blow. What do you think, Matt? I think you don't need to draft a Miami Dolphin unless you absolutely have to for some weird reason. So I would pass on Kenny Stills. Boom. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Dolphins, but I mean Fitzmagic is is Fitzmagic, you know? Like he'll throw he'll throw a deep ball. So I'd actually take Devontae Parker and before I took Kenny Stills. And I'd take Devontae Parker at his value of sixty two overall receiver. Just because the first round draft pedigree, he's flashed in the past. And they re-signed him, so they believe in him. I would agree with that. If I was, if you were putting a gun to my head and said I had to pick a dolphin, I would go Parker super late over over Kenny Stills because I'd rather have. I'm mean, quite frankly that the next, the final two guys on our list right here to close at 55 uh, are better flyers. I think than Kenny Stills for sure. Uh, you have James Washington with Pittsburgh at number 54. Um, now we all do know that Dante Moncrief is technically the wide receiver two right now. We talk about trends. We talk about injuries. Uh, he had that one year with, with the Colts rated phenomenal. Then he's kind of been off and on injured, not really playing, bounced around a little bit. At 54, are we in on James Washington, Matt? I would be. Um, I think he ends up beating out Dante Moncrief, whether or not that happens within the preseason or early on in the season. I think his talent is greater than what Dante Moncrief has shown so far. 
So I would trust him to break out. And if you can get him in this spot, I think you're going to be very happy with what you get. What do you What do you think, Lee? He's another guy, kind of like Cortland Sutton, who just did not play well given the opportunity last year. So I'm a little bit worried about him, and I'd probably prefer Moncrief over him at 57. But I mean, he does have the draft pedigree, so he he might turn out to be good. Just I'm probably avoiding him. Okay, Chris. I'm I'm drafting him 100. percent Oh, is that, that might be a little homerism on me, but you know, because he he went to my uh, favorite college, <clears throat> Oklahoma State. Uh, I think he's better than Moncrief either, either way, though. That's that's the real basis off of it. I think he's better than Moncrief. Okay, I with James Washington, I like him, and I think you. I don't pass. So you have Moncrief and you have Washington sitting there. I urge our listeners to try to get one. You're drafting late enough where it's not going to kill you if you miss on this. Somebody's going to be extremely fantasy relevant. And I wish that I could tell you who it is. I'm leaning Washington, but I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that Moncrief is having the year. Like, it wouldn't blow my mind, right? And I think we would all agree with that. So. I would tell our listeners that two 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 wide receivers, excuse me, have been very relevant in Pittsburgh for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get a share of one of those, especially this late if I can, because this could be a potential flex lottery ticket, wide receiver lottery ticket, trade bait, whatever, fill in the blank. So I would uh, I would I like the 54. Uh, at 55, the final guy on our list is in Buffalo, Robert Foster. He flashed at the end of last year. He was actually in the one, some of the top rankings as well. He is a very, he is also boomer bust like we talk about Deshaun Jackson. We talk about uh Will Fuller, so to speak. Uh Lee, let's go to you on Robert Foster. Is this are you buying at 55 or no? Are you are you passing on the guy? It's kind of funny because there's a lot of like duos here that like yeah. one break out of the other cuz John Brown is literally right below him in the rankings at right. 56. And I just think John Brown's more talented. The one, the one concern I have is that, that Foster does have that chemistry with Josh Allen, so it'll be interesting to see who's on the field more and who Allen targets more. But a guy that I like better than both of those guys probably is Tyrell Williams. Right below him, yeah. Yeah, just because – and he's at 58, so it's hard. He's not in the rankings necessarily. But I think I just think that if Derek Carr – can even revert can revert close to that rookie or to, I think it was rookie year or second year where he was the MVP level player. Then he can easily support two fantasy relevant wide receivers, and I just think Tyrell Williams is talented and is a guy to keep on your radar. Chris, well, you mentioned a minute ago that a couple of these receivers are boomer bust. Can we? Legitimately say that 41 through 55, they're all boomer bust at this point? I don't think so because some of them you know have a catch roll. Because Robert Foster, what was it? He would catch two balls a week for 100 yards. So it's like, it's like whoa, because he's not, the targets aren't there for him and they're, they're not going to be. So it's clearly like the dude could get you a 20 point week or score you four fantasy points. So, and then you go to Kiki. And even if he gets four catches, you're you're gonna have seven or eight points from him. That's I don't think that's boomer bust at all because of what you're what you're pulling from right here, if that makes sense. So that's why I say boomer bust because his ceiling is crazy. But you, we all know Robert Foster is not gonna deliver that every week. So it's like, man, he could be a wide receiver, a wide receiver one, and then the next week he's in a wide receiver fifty. <laughs> um, what do you think, Matt? 
I think his my personal nickname for him, Big Play Bob, is definitely um, who he is. And being tied to Josh Allen, I love this kid. I do too. I think that big arm in Buffalo, allowing him to kind of beat the defense, it's going to be huge. He's another dude I would rather have on my bench than seeing my opponent's starting lineup. So I would really want this guy in this range. I don't know that I would trust to draft him higher than where he is. I would kind of want him in this spot. Yeah, so I think I, he's just about right. I think it's a perfect spot for him, and I think I'm pulling the trigger on him, guys. And the reason why is that I'm going to believe and be cocky in my team build. I'm going to say that I'm going to put out a better duo of wide receivers and duo of running backs than you, and that this is the guy I want in my flex because I'm okay if I only get three points from him because I think I'm so much better at everything else, and I have the potential to just demolish the competition. Uh, most fantasy leagues are one flex, and this could be a lethal, lethal flex with the right team build for sure. So I, I like it, but uh, everybody makes valid points because – Boomer bust is a, is a thing, and I don't know why I prefer this boomer bust over Deshaun uh, Jackson. Maybe it's because of ageism. Maybe it's because he's an eagle. Maybe it's because I've had him on my team before and he's disappointed me. I don't know, but uh, that's that's my thoughts on that. So real quick before we close, I thank all the listeners for listening. By the way, we've had a good jam packed episode of information here. I'm gonna throw out two names that are below these guys. This is where we're, we're not gonna talk about rankings. Uh, until we're talking about waivers when the season starts again, really. There's two names that I'm looking at that are in the 60s and, and, and number 70 that I think normally you don't take flyers on Mr. Relevant wide receivers. It's not a thing, but I think I would on both of these guys. For me, it's at 66, Traquan Smith on New Orleans. And at number 70, it's, it's uh, Mercola Hardman on Kansas City. I would take a flyer on one of those guys with my last pick in hopes that I've got fantasy gold. I know Chris is shaking his head, so I'll let you chime in. Is there anybody you like better, or are you just say leave it where we left it and don't worry about it? I'm taking Adam Humphreys before either one of them. Okay. I mean, easily. I mean, you know what the guy's going to do. Smith is a flash in the pan. He's either going to produce or he's not. And then Megley Hardman, he's got Tyreek Tyree Hill in front of him again. That could be a good thing. He's not going to see the field. Okay, Matt, do you, do you like my two uh, flyer picks, or do you have somebody else in mind? What are your thoughts? I agree with you on Trey Kwan Smith. I think he could be way ranked way too low based on that offense. And I disagree with Chris. I don't think Adam Humphreys you know what to expect. He's in a new spot with Marcus Mariota. I don't trust that offense at all in terms of passing. So I would much rather take a shot with Traycon Smith and Drew Brees than I would with Adam Humphreys and Marcus Mariota. So, just my two cents. Okay. Lee? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't know. This range gets really dangerous because I don't really like that many guys. I guess my guys would be I'd take the shot at DK Metcalf at 60 just because I think they're going to move Lockett in the slot and that kind of opens up the field stretcher role. And if Metcalf can see the field, he's an elite deep option. And then in the vein of deep option again, I mean, I'm team Andy Isabella all the way. So if he if he can get on the field too his rookie year, then that deep threat for Kyler Murray is going to be a, a fantasy, a valuable fantasy position. For sure, especially in PPR, right? 
Okay. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. Okay, well, that's it, man. I appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, next week, we're going to go super, super deep uh, on running back, and we're going to have a lot of camp notes to talk about. Uh, it's a fun time for football. You win your draft now by listening to these podcasts. Don't forget to go in the archives and check out all of our other comments and words on everybody else. This has been Lineup Locked. Feel free to give our guys a follow. Once again, I will put it on the actual episode notes so you can find them if you're not in a position to follow them right now at the moment. Uh, Lee is at Dynasty Dingo. Matt Reller is at his name, at Matt Reller. And Chris Temple is at CTemp03. And I am at TechMozak. We have a draft starting pretty soon, boys. I'm excited, uh, excited to talk about it. Good luck to you guys, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And everybody, thank you for listening to Lineup Locked. Peace. Peace on out.